Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. We recorded the download on Monday, and since then, obviously, the news has come out with Brian France and NASCAR. We felt like we uh, needed to address it, so I wanted to say before we start the show, um, obviously, it's disappointing news. No, 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 no way around that. It's very disappointing, and uh, I'm sure that Brian is is disappointed in himself. And the one thing that you know, I hope is that Brian gets the gets in front of the people that he needs to get in front of and gets the assistance and help that he needs to to make sure that this is something that doesn't happen again. You know, regardless of his role in NASCAR going forward, it's important that he's healthy and that he takes care of himself. So I'm wishing that on him. With that said, I'm very confident in the people that NASCAR has in the industry. I know all of them very, very well. I feel incredibly uh, optimistic about being able to move forward and beyond uh, yesterday. And um, with uh, being in the broadcast booth, I've had the opportunity to see the competition from a different point of view. And what I've seen on the racetrack over the last several weeks, whether it's in the Xfinity Series or the Cup Series, has been incredible. The racing itself, what the drivers are doing, the effort that the drivers are putting in on the racetrack is impressive. And I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. That gives me a lot of confidence about not only how great this season's going to be as it continues on into Homestead, it gives me a lot of confidence about the sport over the next 10 years, over the next several decades. So we've dealt with difficulties in the past. We've dealt with losses. And the sport has always continued and always thrived. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this weekend in Michigan. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. And uh, I hope you guys have a great week. Enjoy the download. Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download with my co-host, Mike Davis. What's up, buddy? How's it going, Mike? Man, it's good. How was your weekend? My weekend was fantastic. You know, we had that rain that was like, just nope. wouldn't stop. It's like monsoon season. And it finally let up enough to mow the, mow the grass. All right. That Ma- was my weekend. I was happy about that. Mowing the grass. Yeah. Matthew. Yeah. Ducking and dodging cars at uh, still the most exciting of them all, Bowman Gray Stadium. Bowman Gray. Over at Bowman Did you Gray. go? Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, we got a pretty awesome show. We got Alex Bowman as our guest. He'll be on here later. Uh, we got obviously Watkins Glen to talk about a lot of things there, the radio style broadcast. Chase Elliott getting his first win. So let's get started. As regarded as old fashioned with the Royal Legion organization, so be Alex Bowman has just won the pole for the Daytona 500. Two X is out of fuel. Two X is out. Chase Elliott comes out of turn number seven. From the Exalta studio, it's the Dale Jr. Download. So what's going on? All right. Well, Mike, you've got your mode, your grass mode, right? <laughs> Did you get it all mode? Uh, no. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but, but we won't worry about that. All right. Here's what I want to know. Turn announcer Dale. Turn, turn, turn announcer Dale. Dale. Turn announcer. Is that the proper term? Uh, it is now. Yeah. Turn announcer Dale. You, you camped out there all weekend. Yeah, I know. So this weekend we did a radio style broadcast, and they did this last year. Basically, they take all of us out of the booth except for the crew chief, Rick Allen. They put uh, Mike Bagley in the S's. I was down in the uh, inner loop in the carousel, and then they put Jeff Burton over in the final two turns of the racetrack. And we're uh, up on these radio towers with where, where the MRN guys usually call the race. Everybody was telling me Parker Klingeman did this particular position last year. And me and Parker actually, just to go back and, and understand the relationship, Parker started doing uh, work for NBC quite a while ago. And I've always liked his uh, 
his approach and his personality. He's if good. I was going to go into broadcasting, I'm thinking, you know, this is kind of the route, yeah. this is kind of the route that it, I would take. This might be what well, I'm watching him to sort of see what it'd be like for me. Yeah. He's like, man, you're going to love it out there. Everybody that I talk to is like, this is so much fun. Jeff Burton, this is so much fun. It's going to be a great time. You're going to love this. I wasn't really that excited about it, um, <laughs> you know, because I just have, I've just started. And, You're still and learning. You're still learning booth. Yeah, I don't want to. I mean, I, we're just changing and changing and changing every week. It's hard to sort of get into a groove or. Sure. You once you get comfortable with something, you go try something completely different the next week, <laughs> and so it takes me a while. I feel like to get comfortable and get my personality to come out because when I'm nervous, I sort of get boxy and and predictable. Anyways, here we are. We're we're up on this perch. Great vantage point. It's fun to ride around the property and see parts of the racetrack that I'd never seen before. Mm. But anyways, we get up there and called a couple practices. Practice is not anything like the race. You're not seeing cars race. You're not calling action. You're not calling race action. That's what I love to do. I think that's what I do the best is call battles and talk about what the drivers are doing in those moments. Practice is not that at all. And so practice was sort of of boring. I, I didn't get you know, a good sense of what the race was going to be like or what the day was going to be like. We we had the Xfinity race later Saturday. Uh, that was pretty fun. And as most of the races tend to go for me, they get easier as we get through the event. And the intensity starts, you know, wherever it starts at the start of the race. It's pretty cool for a couple laps. And then the intensity just slowly ratchets up as we go through the event. And the, vi- the final stage is just full of no. information, drama, content. In every race we've done, it's been like that. So as the Xfinity race went on, it got more and more exciting, and it got and I went from kind of being a little frustrated to to really being happy and satisfied with what I did. And and so and frustrated it, it, it yourself, or frustrated just kind of the. There's a lot of things <laughs> that it's really weird, and 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 I'm new, so I don't want to. Oh, I mean that's kind of everything. I, I start every sentence with I'm new, so <laughs> <laughs> I um. I've I've heard a race on the radio. I sure. know how it goes. I know how they pass the baton. I've heard guys do it and do it very well. And so when I get the first opportunity, Mike Bagley calls them up through the S's, and then I get it, and I don't do it a nice seamless toss. He does handoff. Yeah, yeah. It, it's amazing that they do how they do that, and I never yeah. knew how they do it. If I start poorly, I get frustrated there. Or if I don't describe what I'm seeing the way I think I should have, or if I don't do it naturally, if it, if I feel like I'm too uptight, I get really frustrated. And once I'm done, there's no over, there's no redoing it. It's it's out there. <laughs> that you know, is, so that screw up that or that pressure. or that mistake is it's it's there. Everybody heard it. Yeah, it was live. And so you move on. We got into the Cup race. It was exciting, really, really exciting right from the first two laps. And you can't – the cars are coming right by, so you raise your voice over the cars, even though it's probably not necessary. Oh, right, because yeah. you, yep. you got a mic, you just forget it. And <laughs> then the action's loud, or the action's – I say the action's loud, but the action's intense, and that also raises the you know the, the voice a little bit. So you're almost screaming. You really are. You're screaming as you're calling those first couple laps. You're in a hurry. You don't know how long this action's going to last. You want to be able to – talk about it as long as you can as much as you can before it sort of fizzles out and so you're just kind of rushing and and talking really fast and probably talking too fast and probably saying too much um and you're hoping that it keeps going and going and going and doesn't end but eventually the car sort of string out a little bit and the broadcast moves away from you and goes toward pit reporters and goes toward 
you know, storylines about this guy and his situation in the points or you, you're in there doing a lot of things like calling that action at the very beginning of the race. And then maybe you're sitting there and you feel like, wow, I haven't talked for 20 minutes. Really? You yeah. know, there's times just when that. Just because just of the natural, uh, yeah. you know, uh, flow of the race and where things go. Got it. And then right at the end, at the very end of the race, man, it just starts ramping way back up. That final stage always gets, you know, that's just the drivers yeah. get into it and, and they know that. The race, the end of the race is coming down. They know that their opportunities to take advantage, uh, their opportunities uh, are few and far between, and it just gets busy. And then the race, that's when the race kind of comes back to you. You start to become more and more involved just by how the action is playing out on the track. And we have had uh, so many incredible races. If even Kentucky wasn't that that bad of a race, we didn't have an amazing finish, but um, still had a you know so a lot of good things happening in that race. But all the races that we've called this oh. this year are just crazy. <laughs> it's just incredible. It's like it's like manna from heaven. I mean, the, these races are just so good. Yeah. Um, the question I have for you, it occurred to me during this race that not only are you never been a turn announcer, and that is a whole different craft, right? I mean, that ain't just bri- that's a whole different level of talent, right? But you've got Mike Bagley handing it off to you. <laughs> yeah, it's like having if you were running a relay and Usain Bolt is handing you the baton, that is pressure. I mean, because Mike Bagley doesn't miss a beat. He is a turn announcer by trade, and he's talking a million miles an hour. So I would imagine that the flow. Just like, you know, because you know how Bagley talks. And then they go to the hill. And they're like, and they go to you and you're like, and there they are, side by side, you know, whatever. It's yeah. like, how do you even take that handoff from Mike Bagley? You know, it's probably, uh, it was great that it was Mike if it had been somebody without that type of energy. Because he was the, you know, he would take it from Rick Allen, those guys. Rick, uh, I mean, uh, Mike Bagley is pretty much the first turn announcer. So he sets the tone for the rest of us. And whatever he does and however he he speaks is how the rest of the lap is going to go. So I didn't feel it as pressure like you might think. It was more like he was setting the tone like the quarterback wow, in the okay. huddle. And, you know, he would he would hand it off and you would be responsible to keep that energy going. Good. And Good. Okay. So I have a monitor up there. All right. And people are going to think, well, why are you in this radio tower if you're just watching the monitor the whole time? You really are. You're watching the monitor probably 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. You're not watching the cars on the track. So I can't call action that's not on TV. Exactly. That's right. Right? Right. So I can't talk about a car you know, battling for 10th when they're showing second, third. Right, right. So I got to watch the monitor. I have to to be able to talk about what the fans are being shown. And so I'm watching the monitor as Bagley is – uh, calling him through the S, and I'm listening to what he's saying. And I'm kind of cherry picking from things that he's talking about, and he'll he's telling me what the conversation needs to be when it comes to me. Because he'll say, "All right, you know the leaders, you know, got a ten car lead. The real battle's for third. Mm-hmm. All right, now we're gonna okay. The battle's for third. So I'm watching third. I'm I'm listening to how he's describing what the drivers are doing. We talked uh, We talked earlier in the weekend, and I said, hey, hand it to me before they get into the braking zone because I want to describe them braking. I want to describe them downshifting. If he hands it to me beyond that, they're already into the curbs and everything. Yeah. So if he would hand it to me early enough, that would give me the chance to say some things about how the guys may be trying to pass each other in the braking zone or out-braking each other. That also obviously gives me a chance to talk about them trying to get to the curbs and how much they're using the curbs. The other thing I would always try to watch and pay attention to is the third curb on the left-hand side as they're turning back out of the chicane or the uh, inner loop. 
if they miss that, that was a that was a bad interlude. And screws them up for the carousel. Yeah, and it, it, it's loses. It's slow. It's going to lose time. You can talk about that. You can say, "Hey, man, he's missed the corner." Um, you and you could see the visual gap close between that car and someone else. The hardest part that I never really feel like I understood and did well was getting them through the carousel and to Jeff. And I would say, Jeff, you know, after the Xfinity race, I said, man, I said, I felt like every time I called the cars to, to you and handed it to you, I gave it to you in a in a way that made it difficult for you to pick up. Mm. And Bagley's really great at passing it so easily, and you just go, yep, da-da-da-da. You know, he, you, he almost says half a sentence for you to finish. Mm. It makes it so easy. He just provides you with finish. The, you know, he, he almost, inter- it's almost like an interview question or something. Wow. You know, where you're like, oh, yeah, here's the answer. And then, then I'm going to talk about them coming through. And then when they, they come out of the carousel and I'd say, and they're out of turn six headed to Jeff Burton. I don't know how many, I must have said that. You did. Every <laughs> I, other time. I thought that, yeah. Yeah. Right. Because I couldn't figure out how I, to do it better. Yeah. I couldn't figure out how to do it better and differently and i couldn't hear it in my head like as i'm thinking about man how do i need to do that differently and how do i i couldn't hear i couldn't come up with a better solution and what did jeff tell you when you said that he's like hey man every time you did it in the xfinity race it felt fine okay felt fine to me i'm like well man i've just you know i've heard a lot of radio over the years and i I just didn't feel like i did it as well as i should have or well just like a race car man the best thing to do is go back and listen to your broadcast and and that's the thing about it, man. That's the thing about it. I hate. I don't listen to the broadcast. I know everybody says I should because I'll listen. I'll hear things that I'm doing wrong, and I'll stop doing them. And I don't even things I don't even realize that I'm doing. Okay. Um, but I don't think I could stand to listen to myself for for more than two seconds. <laughs> I know that about him. He he would it would just make him more depressed. And it's not because he did anything wrong. Like all these, he's beating himself up over Saturday, right? But um, I but th- that's when it occurred to me. It's just so difficult to be put yeah. in a situation that's so unfamiliar. I think that I'm so hard on myself, but the same way that Chase is hard on himself. Oh, or, right. And yeah. I'm telling you, man, we don't genuinely feel. Well, there is some frustration, but we don't really feel that terrible about it. The only thing we're trying to convey to people, and the only reason why I critique myself so much, is because I want my bosses to know that I'm not oblivious to the little mistakes, even if they're not that big of a deal, that I'm not just, that I pick up on it. And I won't, I, I don't know whether that, I want it to make them feel like, hey, okay, he sees what he's doing. Or he's paying attention. He's not just running through this. The hardest part is to get, you know, all my freaking life, and I bet this is the same way for Chase, uh, and a lot of people like Chase in the same situation. You can't get anybody to tell you the damn truth. Everybody you ask, yo, man, that was great. Mm, Everything? Yeah. yeah. I know you would tell me the truth. (laughs) So, but really, like, 95% 95% of the people around you aren't going to give you the heart, the, the, the damn truth, you know, and, and say, hey, that's, you know, that, that, that could have been better. Or, you know, they don't have to be rude about it, but yeah, they're constructive. just, just going to say, oh, yeah, it's good. And in their mind, they're thinking, all right, maybe it wasn't that awesome, but he'll figure it out. It's going to get better over time. No, so you, no need gonna, to, you need help to figure it out. No need to beat him up about it. So it's, I, it's hard. I've been pushing everybody to, like, give me the real criticism, give me the truth, tell me the things I need to work on. I will say there was one highlight moment when I was watching the race, with you in particular, yeah. and it was in the closing lap, I believe it was, or, or with one to go. So you're, you're taking it from Bagley all the time, right? Yeah. So you get the, the, the call, and you, you say, Chase Elliott is on the drive of his life. 
Yeah. And I noticed, I was like, one. wow, yeah. okay, he said that. I'm like, man, that was good. That was Next tough. time Bagley picked it up, he picked up on it, and he repeated He's like, the drive of his life. And I'm like, there you go. Well, Bagley yeah. also saw that drive of his life almost go up <laughs> oh, in yeah. freaking flames. Oh, my God. Turn we one. all did. Yeah. Well, oh, I know, right? Yeah. And, and, and to be honest with you, I had just started thinking about five laps earlier, and Truex was really pressing him. Yeah. And I was thinking, you mentioned how Chase is so hard on himself. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be able to watch Chase Elliott beat himself up if he loses this oh, race. Because this one, this one is right here for yeah. him. And when I saw that last lap turn one, I really just it, – it flashed in front of my eyes. The level of dejection that Chase Elliott is going to – bring to this post-race interview is going it's going to be like the notebook it's gonna be like the titanic the end of it's like how how you gonna not just like want to go hug the guy right you want to talk about the ultimate like okay you think okay you know i heard a few people say is he gonna choke you want to talk about the ultimate stick in your face not choke the fact that he got that thing into neutral and did that had that poise during that moment he overcame it yeah there's no doubt now anyways that, that 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 uh Chase Elliott. The one good thing about where you were is that, uh, as far as the narrative of the race goes, Chase Elliott had him covered in that. Oh yeah, in that bus stop. That's where Truex would come up, get him, get him, get him, and then Chase Elliott through that through that little bus stop (laughs) would just just mow him down, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was. That's a real difficult part of the racetrack. I felt confident about Chase not making huge mistakes. I I was more worried. I think if anything about him running out of gas. Like Truex, okay. like Truex yeah. did. I was like, yeah. man, so you're both in pressing. my mind, I'm thinking this ain't gonna be lost on a mistake. This is gonna, this Chase is gonna run out of gas, mm. and that's how you're think you're thinking just like Chase. He's in the car going, what was that noise? Yeah, is this you know something break? Oh yeah, when you're in, and those last driver. and those last laps, you're like, is, is it breaking? Is it running out of gas? Is this <laughs> happening? What's what's gonna happen? What's it gonna be that uh, creates a you know causes me to lose this race? And mm. I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, yeah, if he loses this thing, it's probably gonna be on fuel mile, you know, fuel. And it was close. Yeah. He ran Holy out of, crap. He ran out of gas coming by me. Yeah. He was going to stop, I think, and do a burnout in the inner loop in tw- front of his dad. That's what he said in the post-race. And uh, I'm standing there watching. And then he said, um, he said, well, I'm out of gas. And mm. Jimmy pushing him, that was kind of, you know, one of those things I think we'll look back on as like a little bit of an iconic moment, no matter what happens yeah. in careers and whatnot. That was definitely uh, something incredible. But that for Chase Elliott to get his first win after all that anticipation we've had in this industry. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could probably speak to it, how how huge this is for our sport. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I think that was one of the things that I took away from the day. I've been talking – me and Jeff Burton were riding in the car on the way to the airport, and I said to Jeff, I said, I don't know whether it's this vantage point that I've had as a broadcaster uh, since Chicago, but the, there's, a, there's a feeling. I can't explain it or describe it as anything other than a, something in the air that it's something's different. You know, the drivers – are delivering the drama you know every week the drivers are giving it hell mm-hmm. right and i don't it just feels different so you're saying the whole like this whole season is just feeling different not just, just even since chicago weekend. since chicago yeah since i've been in the booth i've felt like i'm seeing something different i felt like i'm experiencing and watching something different than i've seen the first half of the season or even in the last five years and I said to Jeff, I said, man, is it just the vantage point? Is it just me watching it from the booth and being a broadcaster and being plugged into the race experience differently? He's like, no, it's not. He says, I feel it too. He said, something's changed. I don't know what it is. Something feels different. And I'm telling you, man, I, at the start of this year in January, I had a hunch, a gut feeling, no reason, no 
nothing to back it up, but I had a gut feeling that we were about to see the sport turn a corner, that we were about to see a, a, a tra- transition and an evolution in a, a positive one. Everybody, there's a lot of people out there that are that have a lot of information, a lot of statistics and everything else about the struggle, the struggles the sport's facing right now. There's things to back it up. But even with all that said and, and all that information out there, I just feel like my belief in it, my belief is that things cycle. I feel like mm-hmm. that we're at the bottom of the cycle for for the sport. It's cycling back toward the toward the positive. And ever since, and and I felt that way in the off season. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like those last laps, man. It just seems like it's ramping and yeah. ramping and I ramping. I feel like it is. And you know, this weekend was great having Chase win, having him win on NBC uh, on the That's big day. huge. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, the, the, to we had great point. we had great ratings uh, it, it, for the Xfinity race Saturday. Okay. Yep, it was a sellout race. Sell out uh, on Sunday. Uh, you had Chase battling one of the big three, or two of the big three, really. You had Kyle Busch the first half of the race that was pressing him, and then you had Truex at the end. So you got the legitimate, you got your horses up there at the front. Chase had to beat them. It was on the big network. I, I mentioned that on Twitter afterwards, and somebody said, yeah, but is it too late? And I was like, too, too late? late? Too late for what? No, Who said that? Yeah, you know, just just so somebody responding, and I'm like, too late? No, what, what, what is this? I mean, what, was the was the end near? I mean, no, 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 no. This is a cycle. <laughs> this is about to bounce back. NASCAR's taking back off. With All you had to do, like, I, I hate to put the pressure on Chase, but, like, we all were sort of waiting for Chase to emerge, right, in, in the cup. I mean, I remember that when he drove for JRM. When he started winning, we were like, this optimism was – more so yeah. not just for our company, but for the sport. I, I feel like we're waiting for others to uh, emerge. B- sure. Yes, but yeah. NASCAR needs its next star. Like, we're lacking a little star power right now. Yeah. And it's not singular. I agree. It's not singular. Star power and a rivalry. Yes. So I, it needs more people. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Mike. But uh, you're right. And, you know, there there were times when the sport was successful and there was no, no, there was no number one star. And, you know, there were times when it was Dale Earnhardt and everyone else. There were times when there were, uh, you know, Richard Petty, Bobby Allison, Kelly Yarbrough, David Pearson, all equally sort of in that same conversation. You know, I, I I feel like that, you know, everybody knows all the heavy hitters, all the veterans. Everybody knows who they are, and we're just waiting on this next batch of guys to emerge. Who are they, you know? Mm-hmm. And and Chase is one of them. Blaney's one of them. Larson. And Larson and all those guys. And they're starting, you know, they're doing that, and it's happening over time. All this <laughs> doesn't happen overnight. And I, I feel like the sport's on an upswing. I am excited about its future. I felt that I'm, I didn't feel that way after yesterday. I felt that way since I retired. And in the last several weeks, we've seen some incredible things on the racetrack. And the drivers are delivering, and they're they're the drivers are gut being, the drivers are showing their guts, man, and they are they're grinding it. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Even those three guys are on the top are showing their guts yeah. when they don't have to, and that's what's damn cool. Yeah. It's been some awesome, awesome, awesome racing, and it's been so fun to be able to see it and watch it. It's been beyond my expectations by far. Hey, before we bring out our guests, let's go for an Exalta Race Center update. 
This is your Exalta Race Center update. I'm Jason Schultz. Watkins Gun International, as usual, did not disappoint on NASCAR weekend. In the Xfinity Series, a bold three-wide move put Joey Logano in the lead and then victory lane on Saturday. Sunday, a sellout crowd at the Glen witnessed a wild race and a popular win. Chase Elliott, in his 99th Cup start, held off defending series champion Martin Truex Jr. to score his first series win. For the second week in a row, the JRM Late Model Program brought home a checkered flag. In a throwback scheme honoring LW Miller's family-owned modified, Josh Berry took the win in the throwback 276 Cars Tour event. JRM driver Sam Mayer had an impressive drive from 24th to finish 7th. This Saturday, NASCAR has a split double header on schedule as the trucks do battle at Michigan International Speedway at 1 p.m. Eastern, followed by the Xfinity Series on the road course at Mid-Ohio at 3. The Cup Series caps off the weekend going 400 miles in Michigan on Sunday. This has been your Exalta Race Center update. Exalta is the official paint partner of NASCAR, developing, manufacturing, and supplying coatings to all types of vehicles and industrial applications. For more on Exalta, visit ExaltaCS.com. Hi. How's Hi, it going? Bowman. Alex Bowman. All right, Alex. Alex is here. Alex Bowman. Yeah, thanks for having is me. Is this your first time on, as a guest on the um, download? I don't think so, is it? I don't think so. Uh, it might be. I've done a couple different shows in here. <laughs> I can't remember. Alex Bowman said. Yeah, he, we, we kind of used him up when he was at Junior Motorsports. Oh, we yeah, had him doing right. all kinds did. of yeah. stuff. Yeah, I'll yeah. do whatever. All blurs together. <laughs> yeah. That's right. You're not a rookie anymore. No. no. Hey, it's my fifth <laughs> cup season as a rookie. So, <laughs> you know, just... I, yeah. I just want the rookie set of tires <laughs> and the, the rookie get of the race the rookie, money. You want all the yeah, I, the I want the get. money, the rookie of the year money, all that stuff. I mean, yeah. let's go. We're talking about the race a little bit. I I had a great time watching it. Great time calling it. Looked like a lot of fun uh, from where I was at. Where you guys? Did you have a good time out there? I did not. You did not. <laughs> no. Uh, the honesty. Yeah. It um it was a frustrating weekend for me. I just. I mean, obviously our cars were really good. You see how, how well Chase ran and William ran um, and Jimmy through most of the day. So I just felt like I was a little off all weekend. Um, kind of had some brake issues first practice and had to scrap that and then kind of felt like I was just behind from there. So um, don't really have a good excuse of, of it. Uh, just felt like I didn't do a great job all weekend. So um, definitely have to address that going back. We ran really well in Sonoma, so I thought we were going to be really good going to Watkins yeah. Glen, and I uh, feel like I kind of let my guys down and, and didn't do a great job, but my pit crew was awesome, um, picked up spots every time on pit road, so that kind of helped us, and we still had a good finish, um, or a decent finish and a good points day, so I'll take it. Could have been a heck of yeah. a lot worse. I just didn't feel like I did all that great of a job. That's the thing. It's like feast or famine at the road courses. You're either going to have a decent day or you're going to really be frustrated with the result, and there's a lot of times, particularly when those races have those late yellows, that you could be running up in the top five or even the top ten all day long thinking man this will be a, you know I don't I don't love the car I don't love how things are going but if we can finish here this is great and you get those late yellows and guys dive bombing and all kinds of crazy things happening on restarts and you end up 18th or 25th um, I've had plenty of those races there for me I always had a hard time even later in my career trying to tell the guys how to make the car better yeah. I could tell them the things I didn't like about it but I never could say I need more rear spring I need specific adjustments to help me um like at an oval you you know yeah like i need the right rear to be doing this and 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 that's the adjustment that'll fix it uh but at road courses i'm just like well i don't know it's just i'm slow in the s's i am 
You know, I don't yeah. know. You know, <laughs> oh, well, yeah. how do I get faster through there? I don't know. Absolutely. You know? That was. It so does. It turns shitty to the left and to the right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you fix that? <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that was kind of where I was at all weekend. I like we qualified really bad, and I wish that I had like missed a corner completely and qualified bad, or like yeah. been like, oh, I did this wrong, and this is why I qualified bad. But it was like, no, you're just a little bit slow everywhere, and that's why you Ugh. qualified bad. Uh, and it's like. Yep. Okay, well, I don't really lose the time I, all the way around the course. I, yeah, I don't really know how to fix that, and it was really like starting over. I hadn't been there since they paved it. The place has changed a ton, and I really, I just didn't know really what I needed for the race and what direction to lead the guys in. And then when we got to the race, I mean, there's you're really not going to fix it during the race. Yeah. So I think going back, I'll be better and hopefully do some different things to maybe prepare a little better. But, yeah, it definitely was a little bit of a frustrating day. Yeah. Did, that, did you keep it on the blacktop all race? I did. I didn't okay. drive off the track. Oh, there you go. Um, I, I made a couple of little mistakes um, here and there and gave up some spots. And Not yeah. many guys go off the track anymore. I mean, we saw a couple. Yeah. Um, but it's not like in the in the old days when it was guys going off in the sand trap left <laughs> and right. But um, the guy, the the cars are so much better. That's a re, it's a repaved track uh, that has reasonable grip. Um, there's a lot of paved runoffs now. Yes, that's huge. And the the drivers have gotten so much better. At road course racing. Well, hold that thought till after the Roval. There we go. Well, there <laughs> we go. Well, that's a different animal. But, but yeah. I mean, we remember Watkins Glen in the late 90s, uh, early 2000s, where it was like you had road course ringers coming in there yeah. and finishing in the top five. And now some of those road course ringers well, can't f even hold a candle. There were cup guys. guys that would go. There were good cup guys. That, like Sterling Marlin and, yep. and so forth that would go to those road courses and just, you know, check out. Yep. Like mentally just be like, yeah, it is what it is. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. There was no real like, man, we're going to go this time and this time we're going to win. You know, they were just like, it's road course. So we're going <laughs> yeah. to get through this. Wash. Can't do that anymore. <laughs> uh, but back in the day, you could just go over to Boris and somebody or somebody, whoever you picked as your kind of teacher. You know, there was Ron Fellows and Boris Ed and a few others. Uh, you would kind of get, you know, buddy up with those guys and learn everything you could about driving, and then you'd ask them for their setup. <laughs> and yeah. uh, be friendly with them. It's, it's not like that anymore. You can't get it. You can't get any driving tips from anybody, really. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You bring up Ron's name. He um, he actually helped William and I a little bit. We went to the simulator with Ron, uh, oh, which cool. was a big help. And um, we went to his school out in Spring Mountain before Sonoma as well. So, so you did the school twice? No. So oh. we just did the, the school before Sonoma, yeah. and then he came here to, to run the simulator with us. I did Bondurant uh, in Phoenix back in the 90s when uh, me and Steve Park, Steve was going in the cup car and I was going in the Xfinity car, and I, that was incredible how much that helped me. I, you wouldn't think that going to one of those schools would be such a big help. But if you get the right teacher, yeah. and I think you had Ron specifically, yep. the things that they can show you about corners and apex, it's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they have so much knowledge. It's like, I feel like we could do the same thing if we took Ron Fellows to an oval. You know, you're going to yeah, be able to yeah, teach him yeah. the same amount of stuff just because that's what you've done your entire life. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's awesome that Ron's still around and involved and real good guy. He, he ran for junior motorsports and won a race. Yep. Right. Yes. Uh, at Montreal. That's yeah. right. Um, in the rain, I think. Yes, he did. Yeah. He's so, such a cool guy, too. He is. And he's still around, man. He says he's going to take me to, to Le Mans. So, Heck yeah. No yeah. Heck now yeah. that I'm not, <laughs> yeah. Now that I'm not do driving, it. I can go do all these cool things. Yeah, that looks like it's uh, yeah. one heck of a party. Yeah. A little bit of racing involved. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it looks pretty neat. Yeah. And the wife would love it. So talk about, um, obviously, Chase winning the race. You were teammates with Chase. Uh, 250th win for Hendrick Motorsports. 
you got to enjoy or uh, be part of that celebration after the race. You see how important, you know, you see how much this means to this company and being a part of it. For, yeah. You know, you've been on the outside. I was in the same situation watching them win, 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 and on the outside looking in going, man, I wonder what it's like to be in that group. <laughs> and now you are. Yeah, it's um, it was interesting, you know, because obviously I was pretty frustrated and kind of down on myself, but um, to see everybody in the company so excited and, you know, Chase has been so close so many times, it's it's amazing to be a small part of that company and to have HMS get 250 wins is, is incredible. I mean, you think that is so many wins. It's uh, It's amazing. So... I want to get my name up on that wall someday, um, hopefully sooner rather than later. But uh, to have Chase do it and his, his first win doing that, it's uh, it was really cool. So the guys all seem pretty pumped. Um, I don't want to smell champagne ever again, standing in victory lane, waiting for Chase to come out of the media center to take that photo. <laughs> Everything smelled like champagne. Yeah. Um, until your win, until it's your victory lane. Yeah, if it was my champagne, it would have been cool. Yeah, yeah. But but, it, but on that note, Alex, I mean, like I, I know, I guess you, you got to say you're happy for Chase, okay? And I and I got to be careful how I ask this, but I'm saying you, William Chase, had not won a race. I mean, I know that there's competition between teammates. You can oh, be yeah. good teammates with yeah. and still be competitive with each other. So does Chase winning? Does it does that occur to you? Like, man, I I would have loved to have got this 250th winner. I would have loved to have been the one to actually win the race before Chase had. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, obviously, I've been pretty close too, um, and it's uh, I think selfishly, everybody wants to to get a win first or get that 250th win for Mr. H. So that's just part of being a race car driver. You you want to be better than all the other race car yeah. drivers. So. I don't think that means you're a bad teammate by any means or, or anything. So I think Chase has been the closest, the most times out of anybody that I've ever seen not win yet. So um, I, I think we knew. I mean, the nine car has been running the best of the Hendrick cars all year, it seems right. like. I feel like we kind of knew it was coming. Um, but we're all trying to get there first, you know. Yeah, but you guys, the last, you know, certainly the last month, I mean, you, we've seen Chevrolets and certainly Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, you know, step up their game and yeah. kind of see, uh, you know, the, almost like they're, they're entering the fight now. Yeah. Honestly, it's a lot of hard work from a lot of people, whether it's the engine shop getting better, the chassis shop getting better, the body's getting better. I mean, everybody, every race team is working 100% all the time, trying to get everything they can get every single day. So when you start the year off and have to ask more of those people, it, it takes a lot and takes a long time to try to catch up because everybody around you is getting better at the same time. So we've kind of been saying it for a while that we, we are getting better and our cars are getting better. But over the last couple of weeks, I feel like we've been able to really show that yeah. we're getting better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it's tough. And, um, you know, there's never uh, never any relaxing or downtime. So for them to, to step it up that, that little bit more and, and be catching up, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Talked about uh talked about it a little bit this week, but you got an extension on your contract. You got a re-sign from Nationwide to be a part of the team going forward. That's got to be that that's got to be a lot of things. That's got to make <laughs> yeah. you feel great though that this far into your first season, you got sort of a commitment uh, to continue and be part of this company. Uh, I always knew when when I would get a new extension or something like that, it was kind of like a a pat on the back or, or you know confirmation toward you know that you're that you belong there and that that, that sure. you, know, you wanted to be there or people want you there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it uh, gives me a lot of confidence going forward that nationwide, as well as Mr. Hendrick and everybody in the company, have faith in me to to be driving the 88 car and um, and be there for the next couple of years. So yeah. really excited about that. 
Nationwide's been so much fun to work with, whether it's doing the children's hospital stuff or the pet insurance stuff. Uh, it's been a ton of fun. So to have them come back and actually be on the car for more races going yeah. forward is, is really neat. It's a great feeling to have that confidence going forward. And in my career, I've never stayed in the same place for more than a year um, until I got to HMS in 16. And yeah. it's been a different role every year. So it doesn't even really feel like I've been in the same place. So yeah. to kind of have that uh, short up for the next couple of years. Yes, yeah, I, I would say I would make the argument that this is your biggest career milestone. Yeah, even more than going to Hendrick because Absolutely. you had been to Hendrick, but it sort of felt to me like you're in a rehearsal, right? Yeah. Uh, in the '88, since he came out of the '88 car, you filled in for him in the concussion thing. You and Jeff split time in that, but uh, it still felt like to me that you still had to earn this contract and that this was the validation that you belong. So I think this is your biggest career uh, milestone as far. Am I wrong? Yeah. I mean, I appreciate it. I would, I would look at it similarly. I mean, I, I think going into this year, there are a lot of things in the back of my mind. And number one is, I mean, the sponsors like nationwide and Exalta going from Dale jr. To me, you know, I mean, that's yeah. a huge difference. I mean, um, so to, uh, to have them still think it's worth their while to stick around and, and be happy with, what I'm doing and, and my brand and, and how I represent myself and all that uh, means a lot to me. And definitely uh, it's it's pretty cool to, to have them sign back up. Where yep. were you when you found out, not when you announced it, where, when, when you found out that Nationwide was coming back and that you were going to get re-signed, where were you and what was your So it's, uh, it's kind of funny. I was in the shop um, with the guys on for all our Tuesday meetings, and I got a text from Kelsey that said, Tucker, yep, yep, said, hey, can you um, come upstairs? We need to sit down with uh, Jesse Essex, Pat, <laughs> and Laura. And I was like, okay. What's um, happening? What's wrong? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I said, what I say? I said, what's it about? Yeah. And she said, well, did you hear about Nationwide? And I was like, oh, oh no. That, like, like what, is, what did I do wrong? Right. right? <laughs> like, like the most ominous text yeah. message ever. And I'm like, heart is pounding, right? And I'm like, uh, hopefully that is good news, not bad news. And she's like, yeah, they signed back up for two years. And I was like, oh, thank baby Jesus. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was so worried. So uh, that was a, a pretty frantic two and a half minutes waiting for her to text me back. But it felt pretty good. I mean, there's there's a lot to that, you know, deep down. Um, you know, I know you talk about the opportunity and whatnot, but, you know, we don't have a lot of time to reflect on what we do in life sometimes when we're on the circus. Uh, but then when you get a chance to, I mean, two years ago, I remember you kind of walking around, kicking stones with your head head down a little <laughs> bit in the Phoenix garage. Yeah. And I was about to do our show Garage Cam back then on NASCAR.com. I'm like, hey, come on, interview. Yeah. He's like, well, I don't really have anything. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> so, like, if you look, two years ago, you have that. You get this little opportunity when Dale has his, his concussion. And to now have that nervousness, it all is connected. Yeah. And you have this opportunity. Do you reflect on that, that journey yeah, because of that? Absolutely. I mean, if you would have told me the beginning of 2016 – that I was going to end up driving a car for Hendrick Motorsports full time. I'd be like, yeah, okay. Like there's no possible way. I did an interview in 2015 that, um, with, with Alan Kavana and we talked about how I was just kind of getting by driving for smaller teams and yeah. 
probably was never going to get a shot driving for a bigger team, but was still getting to drive a race car for a living and, and trying to do more with less and, and make the most of my, my situation. And I specifically said, I don't think Mr. Hendrick's ever going to call me to come drive a race car for him. <laughs> oh, that's great. And then a year later, it was like, <laughs> hey, can you come drive this car in New Hampshire? So it's it's pretty wild how things happen and everything happens for a reason. Obviously not the circumstances I wanted to, to get a shot under, but to have Dale kind of throw my name in. and um, He's been a big advocate for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could have had anybody do it. So um, Why is that, Dale? I, I, There's been a handful of drivers. It's not every driver that's come through JRM that you really have been a big advocate for. Kozlowski, I remember, you were willing to lose sponsorships that people didn't like Kozlowski. Uh, you know, sponsor didn't like Kozlowski, and you're like, this is this is guy I won't drive in that car. And and Bowman is is one that you just you've been such a big advocate for him. So what was it about Alex? I just know like when you we you get to a certain point when you get to watching somebody race and somebody drive and then you're hanging around them a little bit too. You realize like, hey man, if this guy had an opportunity in this car, our car here or, or the car at HMS, he could do what he needs to do with it. He could do what needs to be done, and uh, he could qualify up front. He could win. He could you know he could be marketable. Brad had the last name. He had a. He grew up in a racing family. I knew that if things went the right way for him, that um, you know the traction would get there, and he would just keep going and going and snowballing. Alex drove for some pretty challenging. He drove in some pretty challenging situations, and he would get more out of those situations than I think that he should have or anyone else would have. When you watch guys get in some of the cars that tend to run toward the back half of the field, um, Ross Chastain's another guy. You watch Ross get in cars, and he doesn't get in those cars and and assume he's going to run last. He doesn't get in those cars and assume that, yeah, I'm just here to get my 30% or whatever. He could care less about that car's past track record. He's going to freaking go out there and show everybody. Lay it down. yeah. Yeah, and he would do the same thing. In, in those same situations. And any time we put him in our car, which was only really sp- spotty, yeah. rare, yeah. you know, his opportunities, trying to scrape money together and, and, and be able to afford to race was difficult. But when he did drive our cars, he always shined. And, and I would watch him, like physically go watch him run the, run the car in the corner. And he was really smooth and really smart. And, man, it's so hard to get guys to to understand how to make great judgment on the racetrack. It's not easy to go fast, but going fast is a raw talent. A guy doesn't learn how to drive. A guy doesn't get in a race car with completely no ability and then learn how to drive a race car. Mm-hmm. You either got it or you don't. Yeah. And so you can get in there and be quick, but damn the judgment that some of these guys have is so flawed and so <laughs> frustrating. And he didn't have that. I never worried about him in looking like a donkey. Yeah, I never, <laughs> I never worried about him. Like, oh man, he's leading, the, he's controlling the restart. <laughs> oh no. And others, you know, we've had a lot of drivers come through here. <laughs> yes. And yeah. there have been some where you're like, oh crap. <laughs> 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 I hope he doesn't just destroy this. You know, this is a, you know, you get backed into a late restart or some something. You know. Yeah. yeah. We had a driver, and I won't name who it is, but he was a rookie, and he'd get that rookie set of tires. Right, they actually had an extra practice for the rookies by themselves. Wow, like a thirty-minute practice with all the rookies. I wish I still got that. Right, <laughs> <laughs> we are fast. We're in the top ten. That's, it, was, it was great to be in the top ten at this particular point in the company, company's uh, mm-hmm. history. 
We get the 30-minute practice for him to go out and a new set of tires just go out there and get a little extra time with clean racetrack, and he backed at the wall. Oh, no. And, I, and so I'm like, man, you just cannot make those mistakes. You know, when you're working for a company, and you know this because you've worked for a lot of them, that are really counting every dollar. Yeah. yeah. And you can't. You don't write in the budget that we're going to bend a rear clip today. You know, and <laughs> so true. I think him having to race for those companies, he understands how teams work on a budget. He understands how to take care of equipment. You you hate to see people like Alex not get that chance when you know and believe in someone's talent. It's so frustrating watching guys that you know got it and can do it not get the chance to show it. Based and, off your conversations, though, uh, with Mr. Hendrick, whenever he'd ask for your opinion, do you think that? It, it it took your concussion and then Alex's races in that 88 car to be able to earn the the confidence to get him in that ride. Or, like, in other words, without your concussion, you I don't think you would have been any less of an advocate for Alex. You had, you're basing all this stuff off of his time at Junior Motorsports. Yeah. But would he have got that Hendrick ride without it? You're shaking, you're shaking your head no. Every driver has to, you know, prove themselves to whoever the owner is or what have you and, and – Alex is no different, and William Byron's the same way. And just because William Byron came here and won a championship, that doesn't mean that he goes to he's going to be an amazing cup driver. There's so much difference between the two cars and the two series, power and the the, the strategy and the length of the race and all those things. There, there is such a big difference, wouldn't you agree, in the two yeah, cars? Absolutely. The, the, the way the cars drive and handle and feel, uh, you know. So there's no guarantee. You know, and and even though I knew that, you know, those opportunities in that car in 2016 were the ones that, you know, I'm telling him. I, the first one, I, I think the first race I was, I, and I'm not, I wasn't, it wasn't like I was a remote control. <laughs> I'm just, but I remember telling him, I'm like, hey, man, you know, just, this might be the only one. Yeah, you know, oh, in New Hampshire. absolutely. I said, this might be the only chance. So, there's only a little bit of pressure yeah. that week. <laughs> and you get the sense in your disappointment at the end of that race on the radio, I remember. So Yeah, I mean, you know, cause we had a, a really a good, good day, and yeah. it wasn't anything. Literally, coming out of the pit box, I remember it clear as day. We're running 10th or 8th. Coming out of the pit box, uh, we were pitted right behind Carl Edwards, and he literally right. backed up, like threw it in reverse and backed up into the left rear quarter panel yep. while I was swinging yeah. out of the pit box. And we got a left rear tire rub, drove to sixth, and then tire popped. Yeah. So um, it was so. Yeah, we were all dejected. Yeah. For yeah. You. So there was. But, I mean, I felt like I did my showed, job. You, yeah. you were there that day. You, you, people knew you were there. But Phoenix. Yeah. I would even go so far as I asked that, that question <laughs> to you guys. Is that, no, no. As I say, I'm saying, I'm wondering if Rick Hendrick gets you that, uh, gives you the opportunity to drive the 88 full time. If Dale had not had a concussion, I almost wonder if Phoenix had not happened, where you. Won the pole, right? And then and raced up there with him. Yeah. And that to me was like, oh, Alex is really like he can run these cup cars. Yeah. That that was a big thing, eye opener for a lot of people. I thought. Yeah, I think there were a couple of them. Um, I think Michigan was really the first one. So the second race I ran in the '88 car was Michigan, and we were really fast all weekend. Uh, I think we qualified sixth, and we were running third or fourth, and had a mechanical failure. Um, and then we Charlotte. fixed it. We went back out, and we were one of the fastest cars all day, but we were like five laps down. Charlotte, we were running second or third, uh, qualified second, popped a left front tire. So that was going to be another really good one for us. Um, and then Phoenix, obviously, leading the most laps and all that. So I think those three races were definitely kind of key to it. 
Um, I think if I didn't have Phoenix, it probably would have been tougher. But it's uh, I, I'd say if I didn't have any time in that car, there's no way. Yeah. I just I don't even think my name gets brought up in the conversation. Just hadn't proven myself. You know, I hadn't won an Xfinity race. Um, I hadn't really done much. So, um, you know, I, I think those races really helped my career. And obviously not the, like I said, not the circumstances you want to get them in, but uh, just tried to make the most of them. And really... but, but, but you can be honest. I mean, there was that concussion. If there was a silver lining in, the, in that uh, in that experience, that was one of them. And then also Jeff Gordon not wanting to be, race certain races. But that's another one. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know. definitely got to thank Jeff yeah. <laughs> for, for letting me run some of those because that uh, he could have just wanted to run them all and not given me yeah. any chances after Loudon. And I don't think there was any worry that Jeff Gordon would want to run them all. <laughs> I mean, he probably he probably those, is enjoying those plate races. Yeah, yeah, enjoying being retired a little bit. But. You know, you, another thing that I'm reminded of, and I thought about this Thursday. Uh, the three of us went up to the Nationwide Children's Hospital. Didn't appear. Uh, all did an appearance. I went with you. No, it was your appearance. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and I remember as we're going through that hospital, and I'm watching you. I'm watching you both kind of like, you know, like really kind of engage and interact with, you know, a lot of the kids, the doctors. I mean, we had this really good day, right? And I remember Dale Jr. even giving you advice on how to engage with sponsors. Yeah. Uh, you know, you would even be on a pit box. And I remember Dale Jr. would be like, you know, you need to take pictures and post them on social yep. and this kind of stuff. As you're just sitting up there observing. So he's been kind of advocating for you, but also kind of coaching you even off the track, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look in the beginning of 2017, every time I'd go to the racetrack with, with you guys and sit on the pit box, I would always try to post something with like a big nationwide logo in it <laughs> or a big Exalta <laughs> logo in it every week. Just trying to be like, hey, I'm here. Yeah. Like, yeah. so I did everything I could and. I don't know. I, I feel like Dale's much better at engaging people than I am. I'm a little shy and, and not quite as outgoing as you are, but I try to. <laughs> That's so funny to hear somebody say that. I know it. it, it I, I'm such an but, introvert. But I feel like <laughs> you're you do not, a really good job. Not like, anymore. At, he was. At the children's hospital, like you're so. It's my sixth visit. Yeah. yeah so true. I feel like, like I need to do a better job at some of that stuff. And like. It'll come. I'm. The biggest thing that drives me crazy is my memory is terrible. Mine is too. Like, I cannot remember names I can't either. for the life of me. So I, I definitely need to work on some stuff like that. But yep. Thursday, I try to watch what you do and try to learn from you a little yeah. bit because I feel like you do a great job with it. So <laughs> try to learn as much as I can. Yeah, I think the best advice I could have for you on all that, and I haven't talked to you hardly at all on a performance uh, professional level this year because yeah. I just, you know, it's been fun just to watch you go. What I'd say is don't worry about it right now because when you, you know, when you do start to get that performance you're looking for and you do start to get the wins, all that stuff gets so much easier. Yeah. The wins sort of push you in front of everyone. And it's, then, it's, then it's much easier to be able to engage. Right. right. It's so hard to engage. And I didn't, man, when I was running like crap, I just closed myself off. Cause yeah. You don't, you don't feel like you're worth engaging with. Right. Right. Plus, the questions would be like, you know, you do meet and greet with fans. They'd be like, hey, Dale, when, when you, you going to win? win? Yeah. <laughs> well, they're like, every week. When I, they're like, I'm sorry, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> what car do you drive? Wrong? Yeah, like, hey, uh, can I have your autograph? Wait, you spelled Dale wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, have you really gotten that? <laughs> yeah, I got – they're like, you're in the nation. I'm like, he he retired. Like, I'm, and you I'm can't sorry, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Is, yeah. that, is that really – that's a great question. What has this transition been like? Do you get these – 
constant reminders that I, you're not Dale Jr. and you're not, you know. So sometimes I'd say the biggest thing that I get um, is whenever I drive an Exalta car, I get, hey, William. Everybody <laughs> thinks I'm William oh, Byron. wow. And I'm like, really? He's like 12. <laughs> Come on now. Like, I'm sorry. He's he's in detention today. He's he's still in high school. Like he couldn't be here today, so I'm filling in. But no, it's um it's funny the things I've gotten, but a lot of eighty eight fans have been super supportive and yeah, been have. really cool too. So very appreciative of that. You know, everybody's gonna cheer for somebody different or look for different things in a driver, so any of the eighty eight fans that have stuck around, I'm super uh, appreciative for that. Yeah. I think it's just just the very beginning of a long, long enjoyable professional career and it's gonna be fun to had to get that first re-sign though that was a big one be, I, i'm yeah, proud of you i appreciate I, I'm it telling you, that re getting the sponsor to come back yeah and getting the team to say yep he's our guy and it's through 219 is that right 220 through 20 220 yeah nice that's big I, I i tell you i think that's your first big milestone and then your next one's gonna be your win yeah I, I appreciate it by then you'll be given the tours at the hospital yeah there you go yeah shoot i'm catching you that was your sixth visit i'm already on three yeah. so i'm I, i'm catching you quick on that right. one but y'all did a nice job up there both of you i thought that it was it was it was an enjoyable experience and i tell you what i mean like that nationwide children's hospital is so it's amazing I mean, come on i mean i've, I've been to so many children's hospitals when i drove for tommy baldwin uh we had an rc car sponsor so every every week that the rc car company was on the car we went to a different children's hospital and gave rc cars away to kids oh wow so i've been through so many different children's hospitals and seen different situations and then so i kind of like thought that i knew what a children's hospital was and, mm. and how they looked and how they operated mm. and i remember last year my first time going to a children's hospital i was blown away the nationwide children's I, hospital. Yeah, yeah yeah it's just an amazing facility and um to meet everybody up there it's an amazing place so i feel like every time i go there i take something different away from the experience um this time i kind of hang i hung out with you in, in that meeting and it was really cool to see kind of where the dale and amy fund is being yeah. put to use and and how stuff like that is is used by a children's hospital so it's um it's really cool and just really puts things in perspective going up yeah, there it sure does did you hear that dale he's he's taking his cues from you on how to behave and how to act during a board meeting a, a, a boardroom meeting he didn't <laughs> fall asleep in this one so we were good i i've heard some stories oh yeah <laughs> hey we're not, we all we are a little rough around the edges when we start out i enjoyed you being there and being a part of it i told nationwide folks on sunday when they brought bryson you know you saw bryson have you ever seen a kid smile so much right oh my gosh oh, y'all met a y'all both met yeah. a kid at uh, from the Nationwide Children's yeah. Hospital? Yeah, so, his name was on the car this weekend. Got so, it. Okay. yeah, his name was on the passenger side. He hung out all weekend. I've literally never seen a kid smile so much in my life. So this is a great opportunity for me and Alex to still do things and with the Children's Hospital. It's a great chance. You know, it's great for us to go visit together, you know, work together uh, on some funding and so forth and spread the word and awareness. So I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Alex being in there because – Reddick was with us. Yep, and they took him off somewhere else. He didn't. He yeah. wasn't in that meeting. <laughs> Ty Tyler Reddick got yeah. a, a tour of the. He got a tour yeah. during the meeting while yep. we were handling our business. So yep. we, yeah, <laughs> we was in the board meeting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He hadn't been there before, so you got to get the full tour. It's uh, a couple more visits, then he comes into the board. He meeting. can yeah. make his way into that conference room. Just slide on in there. Yeah. He what? just he, he can't snore like he did on the plane coming home. He did. Oh, oh, yeah. I've never oh my gosh! <laughs> Little guy, big snore. Oh my gosh! I think he he must have stayed up the night before because <laughs> as soon as we got on the airplane coming back, not only did he fall asleep immediately, but like he went into like almost like that uh, deep deep uh, sleep. He had some uh, sleep apnea going on. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like. <laughs> 
You know, and we're like, whoa, where's that kid? Oh, we that needed some popcorn. Is, are we going down? Him. What is that? They're like, oh, it's just Reddick. He snored. <laughs> Tyler Reddick. Oh, well. Listen, man, I appreciate you yeah. coming by. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. It's a lot really of fun. I really appreciate it. And uh, good luck. Yeah, thank Congratulations you. Congratulations and all that stuff. Yeah, so. thank you guys so much. It's always cool to uh, to come hang out A couple a more bit. races left before the playoffs. Good luck moving forward. Thank you. Well, I'll be watching and hollering and screaming. He yeah. will do that. Don't yep. lose your voice. You might need that. <laughs> I thought he was going to lose his voice at Watkins Glen. That's what yeah. I heard. That's what I heard. Trick I heard he said he could hear me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I and thought the, I heard something. Maybe it was you. <laughs> That's but. awesome. Yeah. Hey, uh, before you go, so you're a, you're a fun guy and yeah, good personality. Uh, oh, we have a thanks. little segment on our show. We, we're going to keep you around for another segment, real quick. Uh, we, right. we got a little section on our show called "Did You See That?" Did you see that? <laughs> I haven't heard that in a while. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, we we like to talk about random crap that we see on the internet. Okay. And uh, I don't know. Two things kind of struck Davis and I. Uh, going into the show, uh, but one that in particular that I know you probably saw in love, but Logan Seavey, man. That was amazing. Did you see that on Instagram? So he's going to avoid a wreck. You, so you saw it. Yep. Like, he goes to avoid a wreck, and it looked like something out of the Cars movie. Yeah. He, wall ride. He hit the wall <laughs> yeah. and avoided yeah. the wreck by driving up on the fence yeah. and around it. That was amazing. That was really cool. I love midget racing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I have two midgets and try to race them through the winter when I can. So uh, I always keep my eye on, on that type of racing. And that was <laughs> the coolest wreck avoidance I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. I mean, he was literally like on the chain link fence floating above his <laughs> spun out teammate just like drove right around him and then just came down and kept digging finished third that's amazing <laughs> so uh, really cool to see zeb wise uh yeah, win true. that race too, get his first national major win it's really cool Lindsay lohan made that same move in herbie the movie yeah uh, to win that race <laughs> yeah except she needed some special effects that was like some CG logan didn't right need any there, but that was yeah. special effect i thought yeah. that was pure driver right yeah. there Lindsay Driving lohan's a wheel pitches. woman if if she did that on Pure Driver, she uh, she, can, she can come drive for JRM, I think, <laughs> get it done. Yeah. Uh, Ty Dillon, man, uh, Mike, uh, you saw that this morning too. He, what he, is it? Ty Dillon put the entire uh, all the racetracks on blast just because yeah. Watkins Glen had a sellout. He's like everybody, uh, everybody else. What's your excuse? And we're like, what? What? Yeah. I mean, oh. well, first of all, it was awesome that we have have sellouts at Watkins Glen. Yeah. You know, we hear so much crap about, um, um, hey, you know, attendance is hurting. Attendance is hurting. Attendance figures this and that. Oh, and let's when, see. W- and, and finally, we hear some great news, like Watkins Glen selling out again. <laughs> and Ty's tweet. Here it is. Ty Dillon, fourth consecutive sellout <laughs> for Watkins Glen. What's everyone else's excuse? <laughs> Hashtag NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, wow! Get her done. <laughs> I don't think I can touch that one. No, <laughs> I wouldn't touch that one. <laughs> I, I saw it. Did you see it? I saw it. I yep, saw yeah. it. yep, I seen it. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. I seen it. <laughs> Good stuff. We'll do some fast junior. I oh wait. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh-oh. Me and Amy think that some tracks <laughs> ought to plant trees in the infield. Talladega for shade. Yeah. So I was. I know this sounds great. <laughs> I was just, like, for what? Like yeah. peach trees or now, apple trees? All right. So. I had to. I was in the. I was in the inner loop, and I had to drive a half a mile golf cart ride from there to the inside of the track. And I did this drive on this golf cart 15 times this weekend. I was blown away by how beautiful this racetrack was. Yeah. And as we're riding, I, I would have to drive down the back straightaway outside the racetrack, and I'm. And the whole time, I'm like, man, I'd put my bus there. Oh, that's a cool tree. I'd park it under there, shade the whole weekend. And there's, you know, there's only a few spots open, and I'm like, yeah, I can see myself back here. They'd only probably, you know, fans back here, they'd probably bug me for a day or two, and then it'd be cool, and 
I'd just kind of be one of them. You get free beer. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to talk myself into like how I can make this work. And so I came home and I was telling Amy about it. She's like, of all the tracks we went to, Watkins Glen was the only track I went. We went to where I was thinking, man, it'd be so fun to camp out there. And it's because of the trees. But you could only do that at a road course, right? Well, why couldn't you plant yeah, well, trees Sonoma in the infield? Sonoma just doesn't have that feel, because, you know? Because, like, because it, why obstru- you not- it obstructs the view, whereas at the road course, there's not a view to obstruct who, other than what's right in front of you. Who, people are watching the race at Talladega from the center of the infield? No, no. But they can't, they still got to see over the trees, right? Oh, they would right? be able to see over some I'm of just, the trees. Not, not the enti- I don't like, no, want the yeah. entire infield covered in trees. Just like... Occasional Select, here. Yeah, make some, some shady make some, areas. Yeah, some sort of and those are the high end camping. Those are the VIP camping, camping spots. You get a tree. Yeah. <laughs> I just think I, I, all right, all right. No, that's I mean it's, it's interesting. I never thought about it. But you know, Watkins Glen does bring uh has a lot of little features that you're seeing for the first time. We've yeah. known them to be that way. Yeah. Because if you just go out to either a spotter stand or whatever, just going into the tunnel, like Even, you, it feels like a little not a little city, but like a little a, festival, a little right? town with like all right. intersections We're and stuff. Leaving. We're leaving the we're leaving the racetrack, right? I'm on this golf cart. We're leaving the track. We're driving. We're on the track, driving around the carousel, the same direction as the race cars. We're going down the sh- the back straightaway to turn six. And there, I look to my right, and there is literally about 800 to a thousand empty beer cans <laughs> stacked in this one area. What's 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 right there at that area? Two giant freaking trees. Everybody, <laughs> everybody was hanging out in that shade the whole race and watching right there, and just that's where all those beer cans would collect. I thought it was funny because it's like I've seen that, like Mike said, I've seen that you know for twenty two, right. twenty three well, years going to Watkins Glen. You've been in the car. I only man. know the car, the bus lot, and the garage, and maybe the media center. Very, you know, every once. Did in a you while. see the map? <laughs> Did you see where the the fans sometimes make a map? Oh yeah, of the racetrack with the beer yeah. cans. <laughs> I got a great business idea though. Just go to Talladega, yeah. plant two big trees, and put a beer stand in the middle of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Love sell it. beer there all day. Go. Yeah, that's the same tree logic. stand, beer stand. I, a track as big as Talladega could get away with having some giant oaks in there without it any, could. Kind, no, any kind ta- of obstruction. Of course, it could. Yeah, I mean Talladega could because you can't really see the whole racetrack anyway right. if you're in the infield. There's you that really back, on the that, back that straightaway. Not. There's that little hill all the way on the interior of the back straightaway where people sit. They on sit that there. Hill. Oh yeah, they could. They could. They have picnics and stuff back yeah, out there. They can yeah. put trees there. That's a great place to watch. Well, race. they're redoing the infield at, Ta- at Talladega, so we we have some time to tell Just, them. Just yeah, I mean, think about all the like we can't continue to expect fans to come and watch a race the way they did in the '80s and the '90s. Get blasted like by all, some. We always need to try to give more, give new, give you know, come up with creative ways to make it more <laughs> comfortable. I was just sitting there thinking, it, w- let's give the drunk people something to climb. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> hey, I didn't think about that. So not, there should be a sign, no climbing trees there's no, allowed. It, Watkins Glen would be considered one of the bigger party racetracks, and they it don't is. have any issues, and there's trees everywhere. Yep. Yeah, I haven't seen anybody yeah. in a tree there, so we're good. Watkins Just Glen. on the racetrack. The other thing I think is all these racetracks need to build. They need to build Whiskey River style. I'm not, you know, tooting your own toot my own brand. horn or, or <laughs> posing that. They, they build whiskey rivers, but every tr- a track like Talladega should have a genuine structure that is a bar yeah. in the infield. That would be incredible. That's a moneymaker. Why is there not? Printing cash. Yeah, why is there not a giant freaking Hooters in the infield at, at Talladega? I mean, unless if you don't want to be a whiskey river. Yeah, that's a good idea. Why is there it, not? It's got to be, a you know, just, you know, people 
bickering over money, but eventually we got to come together and work together on this tracks. Yeah, I'm like Ty Dillon. What's your excuse? So, hey, Ty, well, why hey, is Ty there Dillon's not bars tweet. and trees in every track? What's your excuse, NASCAR? The tracks need more bars and trees. Tr- bars, bars and trees. I've always said bars, trees, and internet. You will, if you build it, they will come. Well, that's great. A tree is a great place to put some internet. A yeah. tree bar with internet. A tree bar with internet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my cool. God! A treehouse with a Wi-Fi. A treehouse bar with, <laughs> with Wi-Fi. <laughs> Bowman, do you know what you're getting yourself into? Here? No, I just we need to have a contest for naming this treehouse <laughs> treehouse Wi-Fi bar. That would be easy. Treehouse right. Wi-Fi bar. Right, right. <laughs> the treehouse Wi-Fi bar. Every racetrack. Yeah, every racetrack. We're Who here at the Talladega Treehouse Wi-Fi bar. That's right. Say that five times fast. Yeah. Huh? I listen. The homeboy out of Texas, you know Eddie Gossage, he'll build one tomorrow if he felt like Hell it yeah, was. Uh, he'll somehow he, replicate a two hundred year old oak tree. Yeah, I think we need <laughs> right. to we need to trademark this so we all get a cut of yeah. of this great idea it's that right we're here, giving. Right here, two thousand eighteen copyright. Right. Uh, Dillner, Bowman, Davis, Earnhardt. You're, we cut you into the deal. <laughs> Perfect. You're here. I'll take two percent. Yeah. <laughs> this is your second big career moment. Then. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it's going to be a big one. Yeah. Hi, man. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Much Have appreciated. Alex we'll Bowman, everybody. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Let's do some Ask Junior. It's time for Ask Junior. I got a question. You have a question for me? Hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag Ask Junior. All right, Dale. Fans chiming in on Twitter using the hashtag Ask Junior. Mike Church, what do you think about having Bill Elliott spot for his son? Also, uh, would your dad have spotted for you? And if if so, how do you think he would have done? Uh, my dad was actually on the radio. Uh, he didn't spot for me, but dad was uh, on the radio actually when I won my first Xfinity race in Texas. Okay. He had a headset and uh, talked a little bit, but um, he would only talk when he thought that you know I needed to shut up or you know he was <laughs> he was pretty uh, he's pretty quiet for the most part, but he loved to listen in. And I think, obviously, when, when we ran companion races, he's probably listening to all our races. Of course, you won that race right? in Texas. Bill, he's on the radio for Chase winning that race. That's a special thing, so, you know, for a father and son. Bill, you know, he's not going to show his real feelings. And yeah. uh, we saw a glimpse of maybe how proud he was, but I'm sure he was bursting inside in victory lane. And, you know, he's put a lot of effort into what a lot of the guys do. A lot of fathers do. They put a ton of effort into their son's careers and they believe in their sons and they, uh, they know that in the right situation, their son can make this happen. There's a lot of fathers that feel that way. He was realizing that dream and realizing, you know, his vision for his son right there in that moment. Now, I love nicknames in racing, so I think this is a great question right here. Clinty e, uh, chimes in and says, Now, Awesome Bill from Dawsonville was just such a great nickname, but now that Chase has his first win, he kind of needs a, a nickname too. What nickname, if you could, what nickname would you give Chase? Oh, uh, I got a great nickname for Chase, Young Elvis. Young Elvis? Yeah. <laughs> Why? If you ever put a picture of Chase, I'm a huge Elvis fan, so yeah. I would I can do this in my in my head. But if you ever take a picture of Elvis Presley as a as a, like when he just starts breaking into music, hmm. and Chase, they are really similar. Really, like yeah. profile or or like regular straight up face. I don't know their face. They look the same. They the same hair, same sort of uh, boyish looks. Um, it's very similar, and I, I think that. The hope is that he would become the Elvis of NASCAR. That would be great for NASCAR. I think it'd be cool to start calling him Young Elvis. Young Elvis. <laughs> Yelvis. Young Elvis, not Yelvis. 
All right, Lisa Garrity wants to know, uh, how did you like race announcing the race by yourself? You used to have your, your you know, boys next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was I wasn't really by myself. I have I have I had a uh, there's a few guys up there with me. There's a guy that's sort of a stats guy and, and okay. gives you all kinds of information. And I said at one point in the race, Chase has led four of the last five races, and before that he hadn't led but only two of the first seventeen. That was a stat that the stat guy handed me on a whiteboard. Nice. So when you hear us say things that sound smart, it's really <laughs> usually coming it's somebody from, else. It's coming from the stat guy. And also, I shared the platform with one of the folks from MRN. We had a great time. Yeah. I do prefer, you know, to be in the booth with. They're in the booth, not only do you have your buddies to to talk to during commercial and so forth, you also have so much more tools in front of you. There's like six monitors of every stat and information and any kind of camera angle you can think of. So that's all, that's helpful. Kind of a zany question here. I like those ones. Uh, Michael Tucker, if you could spend seven days on an island with one driver, who would it be and why? Probably Truex because you'd think about, like, after a few days, who's going to annoy the hell out of you by talking too much? Truex is not going to say a word. Truex is also going to be a guy that's going to come up with some pretty good ideas on how to survive those seven days. Mm -hmm. Um, He's kind of an outdoorsman and a tinkerer, and um, he said as much on the show last week on the Winsdale show. So I think he'd be the guy to have. I think I would – I would either kill or be killed by any of the other drivers in seven days. <laughs> kill or be killed? Yeah, I mean, you drive like you'd each be, other. You'd be annoyed? You drive each yeah. other crazy. Mark, I'd love to ask who you'd least be, want to be on the island with, but huh? that's probably who dangerous. Who the least? <laughs> Who's the least? Yes. I could tell you who it would be. Not, uh, he's a great guy. I love the guy, but uh, he's a germaphobe, and he would not be good on Jamie an island. McMurray? Jamie McMurray. Oh God, yeah. Why would he? Why, I mean, he'd be forced into having yeah. to deal with the situation. He would be. This is icky. This is <laughs> icky. I just got to get off this island. I mean, he was just yeah. yeah. I feel so. I feel so sticky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. What well, is the white flag? Oh yeah. Come on, you. Dare loves those racing puns. Throw that white flag. Keep coming, bud. White flag right there. White flag. So, Dale, the Xfinity Series races in mid-Ohio this Saturday. The cup race where you'll be in Michigan on Sunday. Now, obviously, you're going to watch the, the the race, the mid-Ohio race on Saturday. So, you and Latart and Kyle Petty, the NBC guys, are going to do something cool this Saturday. What is it? Yeah, so we would, you know, we're always watching an Xfinity race. When it's not a companion race, I'm going to watch it somewhere, my bus, usually by myself. But this is going to be a great opportunity this weekend to watch it with all of – my NBC co-workers, yeah. me, Steve Latar, Kyle Petty, Dale Jarrett, everybody that's going to be in Michigan, I think uh, several others, uh, Rick Allen, Jeff Burton, we're all going to get together and watch the race as a group. And there's going to be a live camera set up sort of filming us watch the race. So I can't come to your living room, but if you wanted to watch the race with us, you can watch us watch the race. <laughs> and we can all watch the race together on the Twitter handle, at Xfinity. At Xfinity. At Xfinity. They're right. at, at the Xfinity Twitter handle. We'll, you can watch us watch the race live, and we'll interact with you know with fans on Twitter and live tweet to the race, and it'll be fun. You know, it'll be a, a unique way to sort of enjoy. You can still watch the race on NBCSN, right, on your tablet or iPad or or iPhone or whatever. Uh, we can all you know experience the race together, and that, that'll be pretty neat. So I'm looking forward to it. We're just a random idea that we came up with uh, to try to find new ways to enjoy what we love and that's watching the race fantastic that's saturday uh it's 3 p.m eastern time on yeah. the twitter feed at xfinity that's right all right so 
Uh, you saw the drivers at Watkins Glen wearing Dale Jr.-inspired skeleton gloves. Now it is time to auction those things off. Each pair will be signed by the driver who wore them and Dale Jr. The auction begins this Wednesday, August 8th at noon and ends on Wednesday, August 15th. You got one week, one week, everybody, www.nascarfoundation.org uh, forward slash Dale Jr. That, again, is www.nascarfoundation.org slash Dale Jr. All proceeds benefit the Dale and Amy Earnhardt Fund at Nationwide Children's Hospital. Uh, we were just there last Thursday, as we talked about with Alex. It was an incredible visit. Uh, an update on the book, guys. We got something got to hold and feel and, no and look at and smell. Wow, there's words it's an in action, here. There's, it's, it's actually all bound together. <laughs> it's it's it's. This is the racing to the finish. My story. It's like a uh, what does it call? Advanced reader's copy. So oh, it's wow. just for us. Well, but dude. this is your reminder to pre-order this book at DaleJr.com forward slash book. DaleJr.com, and uh, it is a good read. You'll see that. I mean, like it's not a long it's not read. Huge. Knock yeah. this thing out. I, I think that. Um, People that have read it said that they got through it pretty quickly in one one sitting. Yeah. So. Uh, so there you go. Racing to the finish, my story. Lastly, subscribe to Dirty Mo Media's YouTube channel and follow us on all social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Good show, guys. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Dale, what, last thoughts, Dale. What do you got? My last thoughts? Yeah. Any news or anything going on out there? <laughs> oh, man. I'm getting, my, yeah, I'm getting my haircut tomorrow. I'm so thankful. Oh, That's okay. the biggest news that, going on. Haircut. <laughs> I'm one of those people that waits and waits and waits and then is lazy and lazy and lazy. And none of my hats fit. And it's annoying. So getting my haircut, that's going to be great. And I'm Big not. I'm, I have a cop. I have a. I have a haircut and a, the production call this week, which is about. A, it's a production call with about 25 people on it at the same time. So mm. I don't know how annoying that's going to be for my hair. Do you get buzzers or just clippers? Stylist or just the scissors? Every part, everything she's got in there, she uses every tool. So you just get that mute button working. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be muted, but I have to talk at points. <laughs> just for, I couldn't move the haircut, and I couldn't move the, the conference call, so this is going to be fun. And then Wednesdale's. Wednesdale. Wednesday, 5.30. Wednesdale's, Wednesdale's 5 shows. Yep. This show will be on later this week. That's exciting. Thursday. Yep. Thursday. And then Thursday, we're going, we got a three-day weekend instead of a two-day. For Watkins Glen, we flew in Friday night, which was great. And uh, this weekend, we're flying Thursday, which will be fun. All right. Thanks, everybody. And I have a little surprise oh. uh, for all the drivers that helped with the gloves program this weekend. You got a surprise for them? Yeah. Okay. Not for us. No. Okay. That's all right. Our surprise is coming up later, I guess. All right, bud. Thank you. Good show. See ya. This bit of badassery was made by... Dirty Mo Media. Dirty Mo.